0: The contents of this podcast is for general information only and does not constitute financial advice or consider individual circumstances. Please seek your own independent legal, financial, taxation or other advice before making investment decisions. You are back with Decoding Crypto with me, Ed Stott, and my co-host, Collective Shift CEO, Ben Simpson. Today, we are talking some big news, some huge news from Ben that has to do with the Australian Open. So if you're a tennis nerd, you're gonna love this one. Plus, we're going to talk about the second bank in Australia to launch a stablecoin, why they're doing that, and the fact that nearly half of all SEC crypto enforcement actions in 2022 were against one kind of thing in crypto. So it's a warning for you if you're investing, and it's a warning sign and something to keep a lookout on for 2023. So super big news today. Ben, how are you?
1: I'm really good. Thanks, Ed. I am in Melbourne, sunny Melbourne today. It's nice to be over here. And yeah, we do have some exciting news. We've been pretty busy today. We're announcing that we uh, just partnered with the Australian Open Artball NFT. So for those that don't know, the Australian Open has like a Web3 arm and they have their own NFT. Mm -hmm. So basically they have 6,000 NFTs that they are selling to uh, to tennis fans. And if you hold one of their NFTs... You get a bunch of different real world, like physical world benefits and also digital world benefits. Mm-hmm. So one of the cool things is that the if you own one of the NFTs, you actually own a piece of the tennis court on Rod Laver Arena. So you own.
0: Ben, you know, my mum was telling me about this. Oh, really? This. She was so excited about this. She told me about this like a couple of weeks ago. She'd heard it on the radio, breakfast radio program that she listened to. And that was when I've le- like, okay, we've reached peak <laughs> NFT if my mum's telling me what an NFT is. But this is so cool. So, so you you actually own a, a, a square of the court, right?
1: Yes, you own like a square of the court. And. Uh, basically, any winning shot from any of the Aussie Open matches, if the ball, so let's just say like it's, it's three match points and Rafa hits a, no, Rafa's out. So someone hits a, you know, a, a, an ace <laughs> and that ball hits your section of the court, that metadata of like that ball hitting the court is then. Yeah saved on the blockchain on your nft so you could own a match winning point nft basically own a piece cool. of history it's a super cool right so then what they also get is a seven day ground pass to the Nft uh, to the tennis so not only are you getting this digital world sort of like ownership with the the nft and the metadata mm-hmm. on the court you also get a seven day ground plus pass plus plus. We've just announced today that if you own an Australian Open Art Ball NFT, you also get a Collective Shift Starter membership. So we have built a personalized, we're calling it the AO Academy. So we've built a personalized experience for tennis fans wanting to learn about NFTs or crypto. You go to Collective Shift site, you connect your MetaMask, and if you have the NFT in your Mm -hmm. MetaMask, you get an account created for you automatically and you land in our Australian Open area. And we walk you through how to navigate crypto safely and securely. So if you're new to crypto, we can help you set up your NFTs, help you get your MetaMask, you know, get everything sorted. Or if you're more of a D gen and you own one of these NFTs, we give you some of our advanced stuff, whether it be portfolio structure, trends for 2023, um, and a bunch of different sort of DeFi and other related uh, resources. So super exciting. There's 6,000 of them, Ed. So we've we've you know delivered 6,000 memberships going live today. We've already had a heap of people sign up and. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It's really cool to be able to working with like a Web2 brand to help everyday sports fans get into crypto.
0: This is so cool. And I think it is a great example of how NFTs can be used. You know how one of those things that people always bring up with NFTs is like, okay, well, I've screenshotted your NFT, so I own it now too. And it's like, no, it comes with so many other benefits, like you said, in the real world, but it also changes and evolves as an art piece, depending on what happens in the real world. Do you remember we were talking about that NFT that was created um, during the Ethereum merge? that you you it was a free nft that you registered for and if you owned that nft the nft actually evolved during the ethereum merge and became something else that you then hold as like a um a memento or a sign that you were there during the ethereum merge and and this like you say with the tennis i mean i just think it's really cool and a really great evolution of art and nfts and like I really think that's a great use case for an NFT, and gets people really excited about it. And it's just fun, right? I love it.
1: It's super fun, and you're right. It's you can screenshot this NFT all you like, but you're not going to be a, gonna. You can't get into the tennis. You can't get a membership. Mm. You can't get a bunch of other features and benefits that the uh, AO have delivered. And it's probably one of the, I think one of the most groundbreaking NFT utility uh, collections I've seen. That actually is like this is cool. Like I have a reason to buy this. This is giving me real world value. Like this is solving a problem for me. I want to go to the tennis. Yeah. You could have picked up one of those AO balls for a point 0.11 ETH, so it's about, you know, two hundred dollars. I don't know what a seven day ground pass costs, but I mean our membership is two hundred dollars a year. So you're already you're getting, you know, much more than what you're actually paying in dollar value of uh of, you know, sort of real world value. So yeah, it's it's really cool. I love what they're doing.
0: I love it. So that's so cool. Congrats! I'm really excited to see how it does. So were, and and so, if people want an a uh, an open ball NFT, they can still there's still them available. They can go and check it out.
1: That's correct. So you can go to you can just search um, a o so Australian Open Art Ball. And the official URL is AO-2023.artball.io. We might put that in the description if anyone wants to check it out. And you you can just go in there and mint your AO Artball. You do need Ethereum in your Metamask to do it. uh, But if you need help, you can just search AO Artball Collective Shift and we've got a free page that will come up to help you uh, buy it.
0: And so next, we're going to talk about the second Australian bank to uh, launch a stable coin. So nab have told the afr that they're going to be the second um of the country's major financial institutions to launch the stablecoin. it's going to be called audn and it'll launch on the ethereum and algorand blockchains later this year which is pretty interesting so it's going to allow customers to settle transactions on the blockchain in real time using australian dollars um it's really cool. So, it's the second of Australia's four big banks to launch the stablecoin after um, ANZ minted its own ADC last year. So, early uses of that coin have shown that the Aussie dollar stablecoins could play a role in Australia's energy transition plans Um because in June, investors used the stablecoin to purchase carbon credits. This is really interesting, Ben. For those people who are just joining us, can you just give us a brief outline of what a stablecoin is?
1: So a stablecoin is unlike Bitcoin or Ethereum, where they trade volatility, so the price goes up and down. A stablecoin, like the name suggests, is a coin that remains stable. And it's usually pegged to some sort of... Currency or basket of currencies to to hold its value, and in this case, they're using the Australian dollar as that currency, and it basically just allows you to transact on the blockchain. So it allows you to transmit value faster using the blockchain, uh, cross border, internationally, you know, whatever you want, when you want, and is much further down the line of, I guess, financial adoption or even uh, you know, techn- technological advances versus the current you know financial system so stable coins just allow people to transact faster and and move money around cheaply uh versus this current you know system that is completely outdated like the other day Ed, I, I sent some money to my brother i'm not sure if i said this on the pod but it mm. it, it got lost and they had to You're take joking. It got 15 days for them to try and go and recover The fund, not even recover them, just to find them. Took them fifteen days. Then they said, "Yeah, no, it's sent. You have to talk the other bank." Then the other bank found it. Then it was another seven days to get the money out. Like it was like a month process to find this money. How does that even happen? That's what I mean. Like, how is this like so archaic? This financial system. So, stable coins, like you know, like we know on the blockchain, you can search up any transaction ID and see exactly where the money is gone. And I think, you know, this technology, the blockchain and stable coins, we have spoken about a lot on the podcast, is the way of the future it's digital currency it's it's all verifiable it's on the blockchain it's transparent and it's fast and cheap so there's so many positives going this way and, and obviously the NAB Bank are a second follow and I think there'll be more to follow we've also got the CBDC the Australian Central Bank Digital Currency yeah. coming out I think there is still a conversation that needs to be had Ed, and our job really is to keep educating people about the difference between some of these central banked cryptocurrencies such as NAB or the CBDCs they are different from you know USDT or whatever cryptocurrency uh you know that isn't controlled by a bank there are difference and that's different Mm -hmm. to bitcoin and ethereum as well right so yes this is positive news that the technology is being used but it is need to be very clear that this is different to bitcoin and ethereum
0: yeah absolutely and in that um you know, is so centralised. So one of the big mm-hmm. things around cryptocurrency and things like USDT, whilst they do have, they are centralised too, they're not under the same control that banks are under. So one of the big things with cryptocurrency is about having control over your own money. And so if a bank is running a stablecoin and you're using that stablecoin, you do miss out on a lot of the benefits that cryptocurrencies have to offer. And um, So apparently this... Individual banks in Australia are working a lot on their own stablecoins because they failed to cooperate on a single industry-wide Australian dollar stablecoin. It never got off the ground because of competition concerns and the different stages each bank was at in its crypto strategy. I do think overall, potentially, this is a good thing for crypto in Australia because, you know, whilst that confusion around um what stable coins are, what cryptocurrencies are and that nitty gritty. I think it kind of legitimizes crypto and kind of moves bitcoin and ethereum out of that rhetoric of like crypto is just something that's used by criminals so i think like in terms of like a pr piece Mm. i think this is probably quite a good thing for crypto because i think it normalizes things and legitimizes Mm. cryptocurrency when we see blue chip corporations like nab and like combank coming on board and creating their own stable coins and it also like for a lot of people, they don't really trust that cryptocurrency has a legitimate um, use case. So I think when they see blue chip corporations and blue chip banks coming on and creating their own stable coins, it's like, oh, maybe we should listen, you know. And whether the stable coin is a good thing or not and whether it's going to work out as a good thing to use is a whole different thing. But I think in terms of that PR piece, I do think it's quite a good um, thing in terms of like the, the psyche and the attitude yeah. people have towards cryptocurrency.
1: I think that's a really good point. I mean, you know, one of the uh, one of the reasons people defend or not defend, but people go into this conversation about crypto is that like it's not backed by the bank. So how's a you know how's it real? Yeah, and I think yep, that yep, yep. alignment of cryptocurrencies and banks, not that you know Bitcoin is backed by any bank, but you know the fact that banks are now recognizing cryptocurrencies and even building their own definitely adds that yeah. legitimacy and trust yeah. that people look at the two and go, oh, okay, maybe this space isn't like, you know, complete scam. So I I totally agree. It's a great point.
0: And so as we talk about banks and increased regulation, you know, the theme of 2022 was uh, the SEC cracking down on a whole heap of things in the crypto space. So in 2022, the SEC broke that's the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission in the uh, in America. They brought a total of 30 cryptocurrency-related enforcement actions, of which 14, so almost half, were in- related to initial coin offerings. So you probably hear us refer to ICOs and initial coin offerings. But what are ICOs, Ben?
1: So ICOs were a huge... Uh, thing back in 2017, 2018. They're called initial Mm -hmm. coin offerings. So basically, if you think about how a normal business might go out and raise money from investors, you know, we recently did this collective shift. It's a very like hand-to-hand combat. You've got to go and meet with investors. You've got paperwork. You've got all this stuff and you raise money, right? That's the traditional way. Mm -hmm. ICOs are initial coin offerings where you basically have a white paper like a business plan and you can go to the open market and you can sell your cryptocurrency as a way to raise capital. Now, There was a huge booming back in 2017. The problem was with a lot of these is they were unregulated, they were raising money, and a lot of the founders ran off with the money and a lot of people got burnt. So there was a huge crackdown on Mm -hmm. ICOs. And you don't really see them in the mainstream media anymore just because how bad of a name they got. And I think what we've seen now recently is like, uh, you know, what they're calling, you know, fraud in the offer of a sale of a security. And if you're running a security, you need to basically be... Uh, you know, you need to register with the SEC, especially, uh, you know, especially when you're in the US. So there's been a huge crackdown on this. To be honest, I didn't really see a lot of this hit the mainstream in terms of those ICOs. But the unfortunate thing is, is a lot of these ICOs are kind of fraudulent in nature, especially some of the token economics. They're basically just robbing people and people don't know any, you know, none the wiser and their marketing can pull people in. And that's why the SEC are cracking Mm -hmm. down on these to ensure that, you know, people aren't getting hurt.
0: And that's important. You know, we've talked a lot about doing your own research um, and looking into what you're investing in because often these in these initial coin offerings, what they're offering has no use case or any benefits for what you're doing. Like the crypto that you might be investing in or buying, like there's no real point other than pumping money into this company or into this business. So like really you have to look at that use case and what, whether there's any need for this, because there is a lot of, you know, I mean, dubious projects in crypto. So you have to be really careful, particularly around those initial coin offerings, because often there is really no point to them. Um,
1: yeah, yeah, you do, and like especially when you know the other people that were uh, fined last year, which we spoke about on the podcast, was Kim Kardashian. I mean, she promoted <laughs> some random <laughs> token, right? You know, Ian, Ian Bellina, man, he he went right back. To, I'm not sure if you remember him, Ed. Back he was like 27, in And he was just pumping coins nonstop. So you've got to really be careful yeah, when these right. influencers being paid to promote these tokens. Unfortunately, a lot of them are just complete and utter rubbish. So please be careful and always question when someone is promoting a token and the reasons why they might be doing that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited about next week, Ben. We're going to start getting a few people on the podcast because we know a lot of people who are a lot cleverer than us, Ben. And we (laughs) think it's time we should get them on the podcast and pump them for their knowledge. So on Monday, we're going to be joined um, by one of eToro's major analysts. He's called Josh and he's a super clever guy. He's going to talk us through what's going on in the macro environment. So Some of these big economic trends, as we talked about a lot on the podcast, like a lot of what's going on in uh, traditional finance, regular economics has a huge influence on what's happening in crypto. And if we can kind of start to understand those basic economic trends, it gives us a lot better understanding of crypto, the crypto environment what our investing strategy should be, the kinds of things we can be paying attention to, because as we know, you know, reading mainstream media and mainstream economic articles, it often doesn't really give you a good uh, a good informed view of what's actually going on in crypto. So if you can start to read the environment and understand what's going on, It's really great for your crypto education. Plus, he's a really interesting guy and we're going to learn a lot of stuff. So I can't wait for Monday, Ben. It's going to be so much fun.
1: Yeah, Josh is an absolute legend. He's a good friend of mine. A super smart dude and I'm keen to get him on. And kick us off of the new 2023 guest, Ed. It's going to be fun.
0: Yes. Yeah, so going forward from next week, we're going to do um, an interview with somebody far cleverer than me and Ben on a Monday. On a Wednesday, we're going to try and explain and break down some of those complex, complicated things that you might not understand in crypto. And then Friday, we're going to do a big wrap of whatever's going on in crypto news that week so that you don't have to pay attention at all. All you have to do is stay tuned to Decoding Crypto. We've got you covered when it comes to your crypto and investing journey. I'm super excited. Ben, I can't wait to see you Monday. See you then, Ed.